This is the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. Rule number one is you have to believe in yourself. You're the only one who doesn't think you belong in this appointment. The prospect has already validated your existence by scheduling time with you. Get it through your head you belong here. Go in there, crush it, and close the deal. A place where sales professionals can come to learn from other sales professionals and thought leaders that have mastered their craft. The difference between a good salesperson and a best-in-class salesperson is only two minutes. By spending an extra two minutes on what you might think is a mundane task in the sales game, you separate yourselves from the pack, you grow your book of business, you close more deals, and you retain your accounts. As well as their peers who are still striving for perfection to achieve their why. I have a wife and four kids. Failure is not an option. Real sales professionals. Real stories. Real results. It's no different than being a professional baseball player. You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game. This is the Power Producers Podcast. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. I am bearded. Uh Uh-oh. Little bit, you know. I forgot to comment on that. You're watching on YouTube that white, that white shadow you see right there is a little bit of wisdom coming in. No, it's not the pixels on your screen, ladies and gentlemen. That is some sort of stubble. No, no, Caroline. Caroline said, "Daddy, will you grow a beard on vacation?" So this is what it looks like when I don't shave for a week. Like (laughs) I've told people on record that if I try and grow a beard, I look like a rescue animal. You're seeing it in the flesh (laughs) right now. But guess what? I'm not shaving ever again. Period. <laughs> ever? I thought you did it in my honor. You know, I thought you were running yeah. a little George Michael there, just uh, because I run a little one myself. That's all right. Yeah, a little five o'clock shadow. I might need to. If I didn't anyhow, shave on vacation, have... I'd look like Captain Caveman. By the way, so I gotta keep it down. <laughs> we have got my man Jez Dantis from Zenjuries back. It's my pleasure pleasure gentlemen. second time on the tpp dude you've got all kinds of stuff going on man hiring people left and right yeah we do we do we are yeah so there, what's the word dude like you guys are it seems like you're like from the outside looking in even though i feel like i'm a little bit on the inside you guys are exploding it looks like i mean massive growth just in the last like probably two months we have had massive growth in the last two months but it's on purpose you know and it's funny because everybody, you know, this is the same story of just about every company out here. Everybody thinks you're an overnight success when they find out about you, but they never saw the uh, 20 year history of pushing a rope uphill with your nose to get there, you know? So this, well, that's what um, Brian Will said when he was on the podcast because we were talking about um, Sarah Blakely selling Spanx. And his comment was, yeah, that's what I called it a 20-year overnight success story. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, man. Nobody sees that part. And you know what? It doesn't really matter. What, what matters as long as you can keep hustling. You got to sustain. You got to make it. And uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. You're doing a fantastic job, too. Every time I turn it around, there's a new protege. There's a new something. And it's awesome. I love the life. Well, I hear about it, too, though, it. man. I've been in the industry for 20 freaking years, right? And then I, I always have people come up to me when I go speak at a conference or whatever else. How come I had never heard of you until two years ago? <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I can't tell you that. But yeah, tell me this what long I can tell you part. is, yeah, 
takes a long time. You got to write. A, you got to write a lot of insurance. You got to do a lot of stupid stuff to talk about your mistakes and you know figure out ways to do things that you can share with people in order to get there. And you know that's really the truth, man. I don't know that I know of anybody. I mean, I had a really. I'm probably the closest thing to it, honestly. And I'm sure there's other stories out there, but I mean, I'm probably one of the only people that I know that would go out in their first year and write almost a half a million in revenue for their agency, <laughs> right? But right. that's how motivated I was. I had been working a hundred hours plus a week for how many years? And I figured out that if I worked that hard in this industry, I was dealing with a lot of beer drinkers and golf players <laughs> that just weren't willing to you know, take time away from those habits to come and, and sell insurance. And I just happened to be around at 4.30 on a Friday afternoon. I'd answer my phone on the weekends. And I mean, I ran like I wasn't validated, man. You know, <laughs> if you tell it. me you got to hit a number and if you don't hit that number, you're going to owe me money back. You can be sure I'm not going to jog. I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to hop, skip or jump. I'm going <laughs> to sprint to that number so that I'm off the hook, right? I love it. And I took that seriously. Well, so I, and I know you guys look, man, you, you guys have been at this for a long time. So what what's changed recently? Like what what was the inflection point? I'd, I'd like to think it was when you were on a, you were on a podcast <laughs> the last time you hit it. In <laughs> you stole my thunder. You stole my thunder. It's something about your podcast that put us into hyper growth mode. And uh, <laughs> the timing was pretty good, I must say. But we had just taken a fresh round, which I you know how that is. It's. And, you know, most people know what around is, but if you don't, it's where you take cash from the outside to fuel the rocket ship. But you better have a rocket ship that works or everybody's yeah. seen, you know, Elon Musk is a early day rocket ships. They explode, right? They don't make it. So you have to have a pretty sound machine before you really start investing in it like that. And we had, just like you said, we've been working at it, working at it, working at it. And finally, we had what we call cracked our own code. You know, we cracked the code here at Zendry's that we needed to. I mean, it took a lot of trial and error. We had our own crashed rockets for, for years. Um, but one thing that we knew for sure is that the workers' comp industry, especially in commercial insurance, is a very archaic, dimly viewed insurance product. And we also knew that everybody on all sides of workers' comp didn't like it to some degree. And there's a reason for that. Even the people that sell it, right? The people that provide it, the people that sell it, people that buy it, people that have to use it when they get injured, everybody equally hated a part of it. And, you know, where that, when that, where that exists is a lot of opportunity. And for us, just like I told you on the last podcast, for me, you know, our origins were in the commercial insurance world too, you know, so we were in the same foxholes that most of your listeners find themselves in every single day. So this isn't a Silicon Valley idea. Like I wanted to fix my own friends' lives, you know, those people that trust you with their ATM cash cow, you know, their business. Um, that's a big deal. You know, that's hundreds of employees sometimes, sometimes thousands of employees. I don't care if it's four employees. That's somebody's livelihood out there that's at risk, it's at stake, and there's a, it is a perilous world, and uh, we just knew there was a better way. So, you know, we didn't know exactly how we were going to fix it. We had a pretty good idea. We just knew there was going to be a lot of automation. We knew there was some lacking technology. We knew there needed to be somebody, there needed to be an app in this space, you know? How can there not be an app? How can you not pull out your phone 
touch a few buttons and know exactly where all claims costs are, where the employee is, what's coming next, when's the next appointment. I mean, that's just a shame. That is an absolute shame. Of course, those days are over. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's kind of that deal for us that we knew we needed to fix. We figured out how to fix it. And here's kind of where, what brought us to this hyper growth mode today. We figured out how to fix it so much so that I sold my agency um, to one of the large aggregators and just did this full time. That is a cannonball in the deep end with no life jacket. And, and we were ready for that. Um, I was going to ask you, man, because I wasn't—I honestly wasn't sure if you were still actively outright in business or if you were all in with Zendries, but that answers that question. It's all in, man. It's all go. in. I sold it in 2015. You have to, man. Honestly, you have to at some point. You can't you can't serve two masters of mm -hmm. that scale. Um, yeah. and it's just, it is what it is. So congrats to you for taking the plunge. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you know how that goes, right? I mean, it's, it is a literal blind leap of faith. Um, it's not totally I started blind. scratch. I started three scratch agencies in a 10 year time period. I understand yeah. exactly what that's like. Yeah. And I mean, you know, here's one of the good things about that. When you're the one doing it, you, you have some sort of degree of self-appreciation. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but you, at some degree, the only reason you decided to do that is just like me, I was ready to bet on me. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you remember the old movie Over the Top with Sylvester Stallone? His arm wrestling movie? Yeah. And he yeah. finally goes to the big show in Vegas and he puts all his money on himself. And he was a big underdog, by the way. But that's kind of the life we live, right? It's kind of like we, we're going all in. And if I have to bet on somebody, I want it to be me. You know, I want to know that the guy I'm betting on is going to give everything he's got. And so that's kind of what happened with injuries to get us here to this moment. Um, now, when I did do the cannonball, I thought we had it figured out with just the technology and the platform because we were growing. We were offering it to agencies across the nation. People were buying it. People were sticking it in. And where they were using it, there was, there was a lot of... Um, good results. Like we were outperforming the industry of workers comp by like 30 points, which is a huge deal in workers comp. That's what moves the needle. <laughs> you know, that's what lowers, uh, experience mods. That's what lowers premiums. That's what locks clients in for forever. But we were missing a major ingredient and I never knew it. And it took me until last year when we did a, just kind of a soft pilot, uh, on a new program inside of Zendries to figure it out. You know what that was? What do you think the missing ingredient was outside of our technology? I feel like this is a trick question that I should know the answer to. <laughs> I don't know. Lay it on us, man. People. It's people. Like, yeah. everybody loves a new shiny platform. Everybody loves a new shiny app. There was still one big major ingredient that I couldn't figure out because when we used it at my agency, we knocked it out of the park. Like there was no close second, you know, like we literally used it perfectly, right? Because we created it. So we knew every nook, we knew every cranny, we knew everything that needed to go where and how it needed to go, when it needed to go, how the flow, the workflow worked because we built it and we watched it move the needle tremendously. We weren't 30%. We were hitting like 50% reductions per injury. And so I was like, hmm. what is wrong with these other agencies? You know, what, what is going on? And it dawned on me that we were missing the people because at the agency, if you just go introduce a brand new uh, machine into their life, that's great. Everybody looks at it. They're like, let me try that out. And they do it. 
And then they find out, well, it didn't really give me another four hours today. It just gave me another something to throw on top of the pile, which I don't have any more time to give this thing. And so even though we have the automations, even so we had the flow, we had all the stuff, there was a bandwidth issue at every commercial agency. It exists today, and you guys know how this is. I mean, if you want to grow, you have to create capacity to service the growth you want, right? And that means you have to spend money up front, usually a lot of it. Usually it costs about 50 grand just to hire a good person. That's just one person. And that creates some capacity for you to grow. Otherwise, you really can't grow because what's going to happen is your service is going to become so thin uh, and subpar that you're going to churn business. You know, you're going to ride it coming in the front and it's going to churn going out the back and you're going to find yourself in a big problem where you're just that revolving door. You're not growing. You know, you're riding new, you're losing old. And that's a big problem at every agency. And so we started training people behind the scenes that we called Zen Pros where it was just like okay. at my agency. They know every nook. They know every cranny. They know exactly how it flows. We onboard the policyholders. We support them during the claims. And it's kind of like we became the play-by-play -play analysis on every claim. And the agencies get to step back and kind of do the color commentating, you know, where it's just insert yourself wherever and whenever you want. But we'll do the heavy lifting. Boom, 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 you know. And that was it. And that's where the hyper growth and explosion has kind of come from. So how long was that after the cannonball? Did you say it was a, about after a year? Honestly, it was probably about two years. Um, it, okay. Because we were getting growth. And the problem with the growth was it, it takes a while for it to get not, not just bought, but in use. And then you have to take what's in use and get the data back and read the data. And then you could see that, you know, our, our results were kind of dropping. And I'm like, why in the world are our results dropping? And so we had to reverse engineer where the root cause analysis and problem was coming from. And it was ultimately there's not enough time and bandwidth at local agencies to just take a baton and run. You know, they they want it and they have good intentions to do it. But once mm -hmm. you put three clients in, 10 clients in, 30 clients in, I mean, you're running out of time to personally service all that stuff. Right. You want to, <laughs> you know, but you you literally can't. And so. And we knew that if no, we stuff just, ends up getting missed, man, it's no different than the insurance side. Mm -hmm. And it's even worse. If you miss it now, now the lights are on. It's and it's memorialized in writing, right? Because everything is is captured in this, this app of ours. And so they can see, well, David, we hadn't seen you in three weeks. You know, where have you been? And you're like, Well, you know, I've got three hundred other right. things I'm working on, you know, but your client that you missed is not gonna be okay with that. They're gonna be like, Well, yeah, they don't I care. guess that don't matter to <laughs> they, you. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to be number one, right? And you want them to feel sure. like they're number one. And that's what we did. And it's just been incredible. I mean, the results are incredible. Um, so you're about to witness one of the biggest shifts in workers' comp history. Uh, and you heard it here today first. Nice. I'm in for it. Well, so it, let's, it, let's talk a little bit, man, real quick. I'm interested. I don't know. I'm going to throw you a curveball, Jess, and, and come out of left field. You you may or may not even know who this group is, but I've had a couple of calls with the guys over at InsureRate. Have you talked to them at all? Do you know who those guys are? Joe McElhon, I do. I do. I do well. How do you guys integrate with them? Or are you going well, to? 
there's there's certain things I can't say. Uh, yeah, see, at, at this stage, uh, other than um, I love what they do and integration. And you love a, how I draw lines and connect dots, right? <laughs> out of nowhere. Pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. I feel like I'm talking to Columbo all of a sudden. But uh, <laughs> I don't ask nearly as many questions. And when I leave, I leave. I don't turn around with one. One more, more question. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always the gotcha question. The one more, but. Joe and his group are fantastic, right? I mean, it's just exactly, they're kind of coming from it. If you think about where we are together, Insurate has built this absolute uh, mind-boggling Rain Man type of system, you know, where they can, and, where, and it's built on the front end, where they can take it, they can look at it, and they know immediately this is a great account. It doesn't matter about the historical, archaic underwriting process. He's built a brand new mechanism that says, listen, this, this account deserves to be here, not here. And he's done that through his fantastic algorithms and the things that he's been able to build through the years. Well, and, he, so, and he's proven it across the $2 billion book of business, too. And exactly. I mean, I don't want to steal the thunder because at some point we need to get him on the podcast. But he and I just had calls. I was actually supposed to go out to there. Were you at their event last week in Sun Valley? Uh, his founders, his founders, no, we weren't out there. Uh, we were I was supposed to be there. And unfortunately, they scheduled it when I'm supposed to be in Key West. And that's just oh, not even a hard decision for me. I, so. I'd say, I think you um, chose wisely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll catch up with them at some point. But when I talked with him originally, <laughs> and I, you know, I love people who think big, and I love people who think so big that everybody f just thinks it's ludicrous that they think as big as they do. That's what endears me to an entrepreneur because if somebody comes in and is like, yeah, I think I'm going to invent a new. It's where innovation comes from. Yeah, right? I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to invent a new kind of car. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, like how many different types of cars have we seen invented? But if this guy comes in and mm -hmm. says, I'm going to transform the way individuals go from one place to the other with a new type of vehicle that you've never seen before, and it will replace. And, and here's where he got me. It will replace everything that you've ever known at some point in the future. That's basically what he said to me when I was on the phone with him. He's like, I'm out to show you that we can replace the workers' compensation experience mod, period. We are going to remove that calculation from the workers' comp transaction going forward. We will we will make it obsolete. I'm like, all right, well. It's a pretty big step. I'll tell you what, man. You're going to walk in behind that set you just threw through the door? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and that's he's a pretty a cool ballsy dude. comment. Like, not only – there's a lot yeah. of – you know, I hate to say, but let's just be honest – there's a lot of dorks that make those kind of comments, you know, and, yeah, and it, it wasn't. And I want to be very, very clear. This guy wasn't telling me that yeah. in a, in an arrogant or douchebag yeah. way in any way, shape or form. He was very serious, which is what yeah, made me take him very serious. He's like, that's my point. It was, like, it was you, almost like a matter of fact deal, man. It's like, you know, I think we're just going to go ahead and make sure that the NCCI experience mods are relevant going forward. Our algorithms are far more <laughs> accurate. Get rid of that We've mod. tested it across a $2 billion oh. book of business with X percent accuracy. And I'm like, all right, this, you know, either this guy's, talks he's a really, legit. really good game or he's onto something and yeah. he didn't sound like he was mm -hmm. talking a good game. He sounded like he was onto something. He's a legitimate guy and that's just it. There's a lot of people out there banging symbols that you wish would stop. You know, they embarrass the whole industry. This guy's different, you know, and he thinks differently. Um, and what's cool about him, he's kind of coming at it 
attacking on that front end, uh, which is important. You know, that underwriting piece that we all get so frustrated with, it's like, why do we always have to prove it's best in class? I mean, for the love of God, can you not read the submission? You know, they hadn't had a claim in 40,000 years, uh, you know, and so can we not find a way to write this? And, and it, it's just... it. Can it's you please attach getting... the mod worksheet uh, for this <laughs> yeah. 0.63 it's, mod account? Works. Let's be honest. But, yeah. And we're kind of on the back end, and that's where we really have a lot of good chemistry with them. It's like he's kind of coming at it, attacking with a brand new way of writing great, profitable business on the front end. We're attacking what we call just accidents. You know, sometimes you can't underwrite safety because they're every, they're doing everything right but what happens when you know a drunk driver hits your person on the way to home depot uh and you know you're, you're that's the worst man wrong. seriously yeah. like that's the one thing right you can have everything on an account perfectly risk controlled every policy and procedure in place and let's call it what it is. So you you could have a dumb employee right you could have an employee that just says you know what screw it i'm gonna bypass the guard today okay yeah. well you yeah. know, how, what do you do? Fire him? Well, yeah, probably. But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean the injury didn't happen. Yeah, but the one that I hate you. the most is the auto accident, man. You, mm -hmm. I had I had a plumbing account that literally had three drivers rear-ended in one policy period. And the auto carrier and the workers' comp carrier were like, yeah, we're not going to renew it. I'm like, just out of curiosity, friend, how do you – what do you want me to do? Have them floor <laughs> it and run the red light to avoid getting rear-ended if they see somebody coming in the rear-view mirror? How do you even uh, – like? Right. So, I mean, I, I agree with that. That's why I connected those dots because I'm thinking to myself, you know, with what these guys are doing on the front end, they really need something to sort of make sure that what they're predicting is what happens. You know, claims are going to happen, but how do you contain that cost? How do you make sure that that experience is the best that it possibly can be? Because at the end of the day, if, if I'm looking at the technology the way I would look at it, at some point, I'm just going to have a captive or my own carrier. I'm going to use my own underwriting on the front end. I'm going to use the technology for the, the claim stuff on the back end. Maybe mix a little bit of the recipe in of things that have worked for you know the years that they've worked. And I'm going to make a lot of money that way. I'm going to make That's a lot right. more money that way than I am just you know renting my stuff to somebody else. That's right. And you're also going to provide a user experience that is phenomenal. And that's another thing that people miss. You know, it's like the byproduct is sometimes money, right? We're going to make a lot more money, but the reason we're going to make a lot more money is because of the product itself is going to be so fulfilling to the people that have to buy it by law for the first time ever. For the first time ever, they're not going to feel like they're walking into a gigantic booby trap. You know, they're going to feel like they've got a partner on the front end. They got a partner on the back end mm -hmm. and it's not going to be what all these attorneys are trying to scare them into. Um, so it is. So talk about that user experience a little bit. What's that look yeah, like? Yeah. So the biggest thing for us is like, you already know that we've seeded the ground, right? For 30 to 40 years, we've seeded the ground to all these attorneys. They all get on the commercials telling you, you're going to get screwed by workers comp. And we're like, no, that's, that is not happening. So we know we have to attack to go take that ground back It's their ground, but we want it back, you know, and that's kind of where his injuries is, is, and we attack in four main ways for the user experience. So the first thing that we have to do is attack the lag time problem in workers' comp. You know, you can't let uh, employers wing this stuff. You know, it, you have to remove the subjectiveness of reporting. And that's one of the, 
I say brilliant, but it's been one of the most successful pieces that we've been able to uh, provide to employers is giving them that simple way to just pull the switch that turns the light on. And that has just been one of mm -hmm. our major wins for us. It's like we get 90% of our injuries in the first 24 hours. That's huge. I mean, I could stop right there. That'd be enough, yeah. you know, but it's not. Can I just That's say, could, could I just say, though, if a carrier got 90% of the injuries within the first 24 hours, you know, even the old school way of adjusting claims would be a lot better off than it is exactly. today. You know, that's why I tell people, if you want to go in and see why an account has problems, you can see everything you need to just by scanning the loss runs, looking for indemnity and claims. When was the injury? When was it reported? You know, you're, there's a, a, a huge, I'm not even going to put a percentage on because I would go with one of my coined standard percentages that I, 67 67%, baby. <laughs> I would use one of them. But I mean, if you think about this seriously, man, when you start looking at claims in, in an account that's got a messed up mod and you see, oh, wow, there's indemnity over here. And then you see lag time was like 27 days. What do you expect? You know? Right. And right. so. So is that just from a lack of having some like proper policies and procedures in place? Gosh, or is it I, just I could a, go a on general about Yeah, I was going to say, man, but, we could start down the line with you don't have a proper accident reporting procedure in place. You're not doing accident and incident reports. Nobody in management's reviewing them to make sure they're actually being done yeah. right. You're not bringing them up at management meetings and safety meetings to talk about the different... I mean, you can go right down the line, but most of the time it's because there's no one person who's been designated as the person responsible for that. And even if that person has been designated, there's never anybody there to hold them accountable to it. Yeah. They just get pissed off when the renewal comes and they real or they realize the new mods out and it's up and all of a sudden Susie hasn't been reporting claims. Meanwhile, that guy has been asleep at the wheel for the last year and exactly. hasn't followed up with it, right? Exactly. And I mean and literally you could go on and on and on about that because you're right. That is the, one of the biggest reasons is it subjective versus a hard line, right? If part of the um, part of the trigger for coverage was it has to be reported in four hours, you'd get it within four hours, True. right? But because it says within you know a reasonable amount of time, well, thank you for no line whatsoever, you know, and so it yeah. can just go on for literally <laughs> ever. Even though people say no, there's hard lines. No, there's not. You could walk in any attorney and they'd take it and they'd send it in, and you'd have to open up a case. And even if it got thrown out, you're going to spend money, you know, trying to get it thrown out. So. It, that's one of the biggest reasons, you know. So that's one of the first things we attack is just lag time alone. You have to give lag them that easy, easy button. And this is a key part of it too, right, guys? Like, you guys are busy today, right? I'm busy today. Everybody's busy every day. Imagine how much time, effort, and energy it is to stop what you're doing that makes money to go work on something that takes money, mm -hmm. and you have no idea what you're doing. And it makes you feel dumb, and it makes you feel frustrated. You're probably not going to get right to that, right? So that's one of the big things is we have to make it super user friendly for them to do. Second thing though, is like we have a, a claim duration that's less, average claim for injuries is less than six months. Um, wow. that's, that probably sounds like a lot to some people, but if you really yeah. know workers comp, that is by far, that's less than half of the industry average. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say, we're it has to be. Averages. So, yeah. and a lot of that's that is nurture. Man. It's nurturing, right? It's, it's, it, this isn't a rocket science. You know, when you give a case-loaded adjuster another work comp case, and they have 219, and now they have 220, you know, chances are that's going to go 
over a year, depending on, you know, before they tidy it up. That and stack doesn't get worked through every day. I can promise <laughs> yeah. you not even once a week, not even no. once a month, most of the time. No. And you know, there's going to be adjusters listening to this that are pissed right now. And I'm not coming at the adjuster. It's the system. You know, it's the system. I'm, I'm not mad at yeah, you. No, I mean, look, there's only so much you can do as a human being, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, I was taught exactly. that I was taught to ask that question really early in my career, you know, and just out of curiosity, what's the caseload of your average adjuster? Or, or do I have a dedicated adjuster? Yeah, you know, do we, exactly. do we have enough volume that we have? I mean, look, we, we, we can go down the list of all of that stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, Kevin Ring, when he was on the podcast, you know, one of the times, I, I, don't, I think it was the first time we had him on. It wasn't even um, when we did the, the mini series with him of the shop talks. He said, I want to say, Kyle, you'll probably remember it, but I want to say that the statistic was like 80% or 90% of the people who get injured on the job, it's the first time that they've ever had a worker's comp claim. So now what you're doing... It was very high. It was high. You're taking somebody who has no clue what to expect, and you're marrying them to someone with no process who's also married Mm -hmm. to an adjuster with those 220 files on their desk. That's a recipe for disaster because at the end of the day, the person that matters most is that injured worker who's never been down this road before that thinks, oh, I don't know if I've got enough money to file this on my medical insurance or whatever it is. And guess what? If you don't have a process that's in place, they're not going to waste their time coming to you. They're going to go find an attorney who knows the process because God knows when they're injured at home and you haven't even reported the claim within 24 hours, they're laying up on the couch watching Oprah in, in Judge Judy. <laughs> Morgan and, and Morgan. Morgan and Morgan <laughs> and Farrah and Farrah and they're horrible. Oh, well, are you allowed to say? Oh God! Are you allowed to say anything about attorneys <laughs> with bad haircuts? I'm not naming Absolutely. anybody. Dude. Throw it on them. Uh, Woof. <laughs> those guys from those guys big, from Fair and Fair are keeping fantastic Sam's in business is how Oh look out, did I say that? Oh, <laughs> Anyhow. Holy smokes. I love it. Listen, this is true. And I always say this, you know, when you think about that, and I want I want you guys and anybody listening, think about this. For real. What if it was you? Or, or yeah. what if it was your wife or your child or your mother, or your father? How much would you tolerate before you just had enough you know how many times would it take mm-hmm. you to call without getting a call back or you didn't hear anything like got a short leash dude yeah this is, i was gonna say i'm telling you listen, right this now, gentleman this bearded gentleman long. over here that's my co-host it, it, it would have to be same day i don't play that I don't, yeah listen, i don't play that nobody shit. nobody listen this is the the society of instant gratification until you get to workers True. comp and then we got to wait a couple of days <laughs> to get assigned the adjuster. That's just to get an assigned a case. Now we got to figure out if it's compensable. A whole time they're at home, the wife's asking, are we getting paid for this? Who's paying for that x-ray? What about that MRI? Is there any out-of-pocket? I don't know. You know, I don't even like to get asked right. what the score of the game is in the middle of the game, you know, but I certainly don't want to answer in, uh, injury questions when my arm's in a sling and I'm embarrassed and you know, we got groceries due on Friday. I mean, this is real. This is real life. And that's why the attorneys do so well. The ground is fertile with fear and frustration. And that's where we come in. You know, it's kind of like those days. It, it does not need to be like that. Now you have a choice. You can keep operating in the dark. You can go play, pin the tail on the donkey over here in your workers' comp system. Or you can have a nice, new, shiny app. You can use your thumbs to navigate it. It's very intuitive, and it's going to erase a lot of that fat, fluff, and waste that exists in the traditional work comp system. It's really just that simple. Mm. 
So how are you handling distribution, man? How are you getting things out? Well, fantastic question. Great timing. So right now we license mostly uh, with carriers and providers, and we want to keep doing that. However, we've always had a heart for the agents. I'm a recovering agent. Um, I will always <laughs> want to support a certain amount of agents. So starting March 1st this year, we launched the Zendries 100. So at the end of this year, we will support 100 commercial insurance agencies. And there are some qualifications. You know, we won't just take anybody, you know, so we like to meet with them. We do a little interview like this, figure out who they are, figure out what their strategies are, figure out what their agency you know, sizes and what kind of volume they do uh, and that kind of thing. But from that, we will invite them to join us in a uh, paid for partnership, of course. <laughs> but then we'll support them, you know. And so what we're giving them is that unlimited bandwidth that we were talking about, where now their producers can promise this change. They can promise, hey, remember how we did this EMOD worksheet and I showed you the lowest controllable mod versus where you are now and how you got there? Well, now it's not just static. Okay, there you go. Now it's a solution. You can still do that, but then you follow up with injuries and say, here's your solution. This is the GPS system. This will take you towards that lowest controllable mod. We've, we've shown you what it is. We've shown you how you got here. Now we're going to show you how to get back there. And that's really the key. So as of March 1st, we started onboarding agencies. It's been fantastic. I mean, for me, obviously, you can tell I'm pretty giddy about this stuff. And I am a big old nerd about workers' comp. It's embarrassing. I'm not too embarrassed, though, to be honest with you. Uh, but ultimately... It's pretty it's, profitable. It, I mean, last it, time I checked. It's pretty profitable. It's also... Man, I love it. I love it. Like, I'm seeing these agencies in California. I'm seeing these agencies in Missouri. I'm seeing these agencies in Nebraska take this baton and run these legs of the race that you would think, this is impossible. And they love it. You know, for the first time, it's all working like a well-oiled machine. And that is literally what's fueling our growth. Is like we've, we're sitting here watching these claims just melt right in front of us. You know, they're, this, six, this six months I was telling you about on claim duration, that's going to shorten. Like what we're doing now is only getting better and better and better. So lag time reporting, we erase that. Claim duration, we shorten that. Litigation reduction, I didn't even talk about that, but less than 5% of our claims go through that. Uh, Policyholder renewal rates, we're over 90% for six years. So all of these four factors, there's a lot more, but that's kind of the four that we really track. Those are major winners for commercial agencies that are trying to grow. You know, and that's kind of why we, we don't really... Some agent, this, let's just be honest, we're not for everybody. You know, we're not going to fit everybody's model. Um, the, the smaller agencies probably aren't great candidates for us um, because of what we're trying to do uh, requires a lot of volume. Um, larger agencies that think they've got it all figured out and aggregators that think they know everything from soup to nuts, uh, even though we all know they don't, uh, it might not be a good fit. But it's an interview process is an important process because we want to literally become part of their DNA. Like when they promise us, we're going to bring the army, you know, you, you can be the, the thunder, but we're going to be the lightning, you know, it, you go sound it off and we'll bring the results. And that's kind of what just tickles me the most is like, we are literally having a good time working with these agencies coast to coast that just get it. Um, and so we're well, I mean, here's the thing though, man, 
Let me stop you for one second. Everything that I just heard is exactly how you should be selling if you're a PNC agent, period. If you're a producer, you should be pre-qualifying who your accounts are that you're meeting with to make sure they're going to fit and understand what your value proposition is. This guy mm -hmm. did it as a producer. He's now doing it as a software you know, company CEO, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, but at the end of the day, you just walk right down the playbook, man. It's no different than what we do when we go out and start going after accounts. You want to go out and interview the CEO of that account to make sure that you're going to get their buy-in because if you're going to drive change in an organization, it's got to come from the top and they've got to sign off on everything that you're going to do. You want to make sure that you're going to get the resources that you need from that, that account, right? Whether it be an agency making sure they're going to make only they're going to require certain things of their clients too, because it can't just stop at the agency level. If the agency says, oh yeah, we'll do that. Oh yeah, we do that. We do that. We do that. And then for, you know, you get 15 claims in and none of this stuff has happened that you thought it was. Well, how, how good is your product really going to work? And the problem is our peer group as agency principals are going to blame you for that. Not, yeah. not them. They're going to go right. out and they're going to dog out your software saying, oh, this stuff's garbage. It doesn't work. Meanwhile, all they've done is feed it garbage. Right. You know, yeah. I'm fat. Why am I fat? Because I eat a lot of bad food. Right. OK. Well, it's not a, it's not a mystery not as to why I clean up my I clean up my diet. I exercise a little bit. I'll be I'll be back and in, in trimmed up in no time. But at the end of the day, you know, we're always looking for who we can point fingers at when when stuff doesn't happen. So kudos to you, man. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things that I think that we all miss and, this, and specifically producers. And a lot of it has to do with the fact agency principals just put so much pressure on them for production without equipping them with what they really need to go out and be successful that they just write whatever they can write. And then, and then they bitch about what their book looks like. And it's like, well, you wrote it, man. What did I you mean, say the retention? Yeah. What did you say the retention was? Just 90%, like 90%? On, 90%. Yeah. So that's huge, man. It's a, let me tell you something. That, David, gosh, you, it, it just brings back such emotions. I love this too, by the way. So here's this is a case in point. This podcast that we're doing right now, it's just the, something that has become lost in today's world is just the interacting with people, right? There's something about people working with people and it's okay to use technology and platforms to hold that together but don't underestimate right. the power of people you know and i did for too long i missed that it was the key you know but as we as we attack now and as we we help people renew these accounts one of the things that used to drive me absolutely crazy as a producer when I'd write a big account, like especially the, the producers that are seasoned veterans that are maybe listening to this, is they'll know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you, when you were young and you write an account, like it was euphoric, right? The celebration was on, you know, drinks on me, let's go make it happen. I mean, it's just such a euphoric, wonderful feeling. But then as your book grows and your, your lifespan as a producer grows, you start writing these bigger accounts and it's like that euphoria is gone. And you're like, Oh no, you know, now I could lose a hundred thousand dollar revenue account if we don't perform on this, just like you said. And he used to rob the joy from every account I ever wrote because I was like, I knew my team behind me, they weren't going to do it. And I knew that I had promised things that I didn't think were really going to be possible, but we were going to try, you know, we were going to white knuckle. Oh, we're going to give it a good shot, you know? And 
you know, lo and behold, maybe we keep it two or three years before finally they're like, just like you said, hey, man, let's let's be friends here. But you didn't perform like you said you're going to perform. We're going over here to this big alphabet agency. And, and I knew they weren't going to get any better performance over there. But at the end of the day, I had my shot. We missed our shot. And that's kind of where his injuries picks up the pieces. It's like for the first time that I know of, here's a software that comes complete with the users. So don't feel like you have to become a pro and you have to waste all your time figuring out if this is going to work or not. Just figure out where we fit in your sales process and then hand us the baton. And if you don't mind, if you'll move over a little bit, I'm going to come on your left. And that's kind of what Zendries does. It picks up the pieces. It runs with the uh, package and delivers every single time. So that's where you can be confident. So what's what's your favorite feature? I know we've talked quite a bit about the people and how much of a key that's been. But Well, I'm obviously a sicko for the four features, but I, I, I do love the fact that um, we've reduced it to, a, to an app where literally I'm seeing reports as soon as they happen, you know, and I can, I get a ping and a hyperlink and I can literally see a picture. So for example, the other day, a pallet of plywood shifted and fell on this guy's ankle. Well, immediately, what, what do you think? Well, how oh, bad? Was there a wooden stake through his ankle? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You're thinking exactly what I think. How bad are we talking? You know, did it cut it yeah. off? Did it bruise it? Did it right. break it? Like how many pieces of plywood? And they pull out this app. They hit the button four times. There's a picture attached. Two of them, actually. One of them, he's got his sock pulled a little down. The other one's all the way down. And immediately, I'm like, oh, okay. I get a picture. Like, and it... I mean, how many times would you just like to know a little more about the details than IV was riding on I-26 when EE ran into the back, you know, $12,000 reserve, $400 paid. And you're like, I don't even know what happened here. Okay. You know, like, what, right. what's the real story here? And so we get stories the minute it starts happening. And you can do something with that, right? If you just knew, it's always like we used to say, what would you do if you knew? You know, most of the time, especially producers, we just don't know until somebody makes us do a quarterly claim review or some sort of crap that is just a bunch of work. You know, I want to know. You can't be part of the solution until you know what part of the problem is, you know, and that's exactly what that feature does, you know. So I love that, but I also love being able to pull it back out and do a speak to text that sends it to all these people so I don't have to stop what I'm doing, send 14 emails, make sure they got it. Did it go to your spam? You know, can you go look that up? You know, and just all the mm. minutia that you have to do on one simple task in the traditional system, we've automated all that, you know. So those things just, uh, it all kind of works together like a car engine. Like, it's kind of like, I would love to tell you the transmission is my favorite part, but also I love the radiator, you know, none of that works without the other pieces of it being there. So it's kind of a trick question. I like it, but I like it all. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I think answer. one of the things that, that you said in it, it basically solidifies something that I say all the time is, you know, we innovate and we develop technology not to replace the human experience, but to enhance it. And what you're doing is you're taking you're taking those things that really don't require a seasoned, highly paid person to do. You're automating that to some degree so that when the humans actually interact with each other, you're talking you're talking shop, man. Like you're 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 talking you're having meaningful conversation to drive this thing in the direction that it needs to go. You're not constantly having to worry about the mundane things that happen. I mean, because if you've been in enough, 
involved in enough workers' comp claims, you understand there's a lot of follow-up that happens back and forth. There's just really boring, tedious crap that I suck at, right? Like, <laughs> I, I'm the first person right. to admit I'm a producer, period, through and through. I will go out, kill it, drag it back to the cave, and then I'm going out, and I'm going to kill some more. I don't want to have to worry about skinning it, filleting it, vacuum sealing it, freezing it, cooking it, whatever we're doing. I just want to go out and kill, period. That's what I'm good at. That's what my skill set is. Put me in front of accord forms and tell me I have to fill out all of the accord forms for a complete submission? <laughs> what? The worst. Come on, man. There's got to the be something worst. else I can sell that doesn't require this nonsense. You know, yeah, that's literally so what true. I would look at. And But that's that. I'm honest about that. You know, right. if I, if all I needed to do, if my only job was to run the agency, I would run the agency. I could handle the operations. I did operations for 12 years of my adult life, right? I know how to run high volume, low margin, low volume, high margin. It doesn't matter. I, I've done that. I don't like it. That's that's not what I want to do. I like to go out and be involved in a business and then the next day be involved in a different business that's not the same so that I'm constantly being stimulated and forced to think through all of these things you know to make it to make it to where I actually enjoy coming to work every day. Then I now I sit in a chair where I've got multiple producers that are out that are bringing things and asking questions. So mentally I'm always stimulated with that stuff. But we would fail miserably if I had to do all of the minutia in addition to the other, you know, and, and honestly, I probably wouldn't be in the industry because I just wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much. I think you just described everybody that's a successful producer, right? The successful producers are like, hey, man, brother, preach it. You know, they're like, they know exactly it. But unfortunately, what Tell do most agents hate my guts, though, right? Because I'm the guy that's going to dump it on them. <laughs> and most agents are, are sitting there probably frustrated right now. Like, well, I don't have a choice, you know, because I'm I'm the guy that's still going to get the service obligation. And when you when you heap the service obligation on top of a producer, you've just robbed all their joy. You know, you've taken them from their strength and you have literally taken them to the polar side of their weaknesses. Like it's the antithesis of most successful producers. And by the way, if they're good at it as a producer, they're not a good sales producer. They're well, not. That's the whole thing, man. It. My thing is like this, right. if you're going to, it's not that you just rob their joy. I mean, which they do. And to me, it's it's very rarely about the money for me. It's I've got to have satisfaction. I have proven mm -hmm. that I can make money in a, in a number of different industries. It's where's your passion? Where do you want to live? You know, where, not where do you have to live? Where do you want to live? Where do you want to be every single day? And to me, the issue, the real issue is that. But also, if you've got your producer out in their servicing, unless you're giving them 80%, 90% commission, you're also ruining their ability to earn. Because yeah, right. You're not compensating it eats up, them. It, it eats up all the time. Right. It's terrible. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean, and listen, for everybody out there that's getting ready to say, oh, I don't agree. Listen, is there, are there certain tasks that producers need to do? Yeah, there are. Absolutely. 
But what they don't need to be doing is issuing certificates of insurance. What they yeah. don't need to be doing is adding vehicles, adding drivers, and all of that other stuff. Now, could I build an agency where producers did that? Yeah, I would pay them all 80% commission. They could sell and service. They'd make a good living. I'd have no account managers. And I'd take a 20% gross profit off the top and be just fine. <laughs> that just doesn't work in the middle market, man. It doesn't work. Yeah. And I can't and, afford to have a model like that and also be able to invest in having HubSpot or, you know, some of the other tools and things that we do. So, yeah. And you certainly don't want a producer to become the chief claims officer. You know, there's nothing worse. Right. But also there's a there's a happy balance there, right? Because your policyholder, your client, your business owner, your friend they think you do know everything about their claims, right? They don't care what number of 100, 300, 400 cl clients they are. They assume, I'm telling you right now, if you don't believe this, they do. They assume you know about all their claims. They assume you know where they are. They think you're watching that every day. We know you don't. And if you did, that's what we're talking about. You're out of your strength. You're into your weakness. You're probably miserable. So, well, and, you know, and here's a, here, I'm going to prove your point. Your I'm going to prove your point for you. You know, we have, I'll just go ahead and call the carrier's name out on this. We have a really good relationship with Amtrust. Amtrust has outstanding information in their portal. Of any carrier that we represent right now, if I want to know what's going on with a claim, you can get all of it just by logging in, going in. You've got adjuster's notes. You've got payments made. You've got attorney positions. Whatever you need, they share all of it. What I don't get from Amtrust is notification when a claim's called in, if we don't do it ourselves, if the client doesn't call yeah. us to call it in, we have no idea that the claim has happened. And there's not mm -hmm. an easy way for me to go into their website and see that. I had to go to my marketing rep, who's a good friend, and say, look, man, every month I need you to do me a favor. By the fifth of the month, I need the currently valued loss runs for the agency for the month before so that I have <laughs> it, right? Now we've manually created a process that I've got to go in and review that. But the reason why we the reason why that exists, Kyle had an account where the client called the claim in. I had an I had an account that was a shady contractor, thank God is no longer in my book of business. I like invited them to leave. But essentially Kyle had one that ended up being a couple hundred thousand dollars. I have one that was four hundred thousand dollars. Never even knew it was on the books, man. Had no clue. Right. How did I find well, out? Because happen. I found, I found yeah, out go. because I went in. He, I, I, truthfully, people, this is why you listen to this podcast because we don't lie. We tell you the truth, good, bad, or otherwise. How did I know that that, that my claim was on there? Because I found out I wasn't getting profit sharing. That's how I found out. <laughs> yeah. I had yeah. no clue it was in there. I, you know, I got the the paperwork from my marketing rep, didn't review it, never caught it. And at the end of the day, 100% on me. Is that something I should have to do? No. Why? Because Jess has a tool that would keep me from having to do that. Right. And imagine the claims that you feel like you have a thumb on the pulse, right? And all of a sudden, you thought it was hanging out there around 15 grand. And the next time you take a peek under the hood, it's 150, you know, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, why? <laughs> do I not get a call when something happens like that? Why is it going nuclear? How many times did that happen? All the time, especially in December <laughs> for that very reason. You yeah. know, nobody will uh, agree to that, but I'm telling you, that's just part of it. When you're out of the loop and you manually have to go fetch information, 
you're never going to be on top of your game ever. What you need is what we just talked about, which is that instant gratification. If there's a change in the reserves, you need a ping and it's up to you whether or not you want to do something. At least you know, right? And you know, real time. What, why did it move? Did it move up? Did it move down? How much? What's next? You know, and that's the kind of stuff we knew that people needed. Like if you're really going to change the game, you need real information and you need a real time with all your carriers. So that's kind of what we do. That's kind of where we are. Um, you know, any questions directly you guys have for me? What have we missed, I think man? we've covered a bunch, man. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaways are these. Number one, hopefully you'll see us on more and more carriers as a, a licensed partner for them. And then more and more agencies across the nation can just take advantage of us just through that process alone. But in the meantime, we will partner with uh, 100 agencies by the end of 2022. We've already eaten, eaten into that in a pretty short amount of time. In just the first three weeks, we've taken a pretty big bite of the apple, which I love and welcome to all those. Um, but we do have several more uh, available spots. So anybody that thinks they might be interested in taking a look at what it would look like to work with us, you know, uh, hopefully our contact information will be there. But we're ready to do it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we're ready to do it. We need to make it happen, man. There's no reason for you not to be in our shop, to be honest with you, other than we just haven't made it happen. So Let's make it know. happen. I'd love to put you in the Century Club. Let's do it. There you go. Online. Let's, let's just do it, man. We're going to do it on the podcast right now. No, but I mean, in all seriousness, man, what I just described is what you solve, right? Because I do. lose sleep over that. And, you know, let's go ahead and call it what it is. That was a $100,000 issue for me, you know, plus. Yeah, because that's yeah. what, my profit sharing is a nice size check every year. And here's the other thing. I'm Here's another thing, people. In, in, I'm going to go down a road quick, and then I'm going to let Jess go because we're already over because I was late. Long story. Anyhow, I'm getting ready to do a protected cell captive for the agency, right? I can only field underwrite so well. I got to make sure that I manage that to profitability on the back end. Otherwise, I could just go and, and deal with a, reg, a carrier and not have the ability to share in underwriting profits. I like profits. I like underwriting profits, and I love to share and have them. So, it makes all the sense in the world for me to have a tool that's going to make sure that I maximize those underwriting profits on the back end. A lot of people don't, I, I'm going to make a controversial statement. A lot of people don't care, right? I really don't think they do because for the majority of the monoline comp carriers out there, you don't really get a great profit sharing um, arrangement. You get commission spiffs on the front end or whatever else. And so when you're dealing with guaranteed cost comp, Unless you got somebody coming in browbeating you that every piece of business you give them is garbage, you just you don't pay attention to it, man. Not not like you do when you got skin in the game. Not like you do mm -hmm. when you could get an extra little piece of the pie when when the the, the profit uh, report hits. And I think that's a big deal, man. We need to be using tools like this because we have a job to be good stewards to our carrier partners. Period. Yeah. It's not an adversarial relationship. It never should be. If it is, then you got the wrong carrier partners or they, they picked the wrong agency to work with. But, That's you know, right. we need to be providing them with good, solid, clean business and at the same time have the mechanisms and the policies and procedures in place in the agency to make sure you deliver on that promise, period. 
And I think that's one of the biggest messages that should come out about what you guys are doing, honestly, is you help agents be good partners to their carriers and great representation for their clients. Yeah. You, you Listen, so much, uh, such a beautiful statement there and so many different factors. So just the cherry on top of that delicious sundae you just whooped up, uh, I will tell you this. Number one, while we were building this out, like I was, I was sleepless over this because you know how it is when you run an agency and even producers listening, building a book, you're literally me incorporated. You know, that's your little agency inside of agency. And it, it can really eat up the joy of what you're doing when you feel like your friends and the people that trust you with their businesses aren't getting what you promised they were going to get. And so we were really trying hard. We were, we were all hands on deck. And I know I mentioned this last time, but it, it bears repeating. And we wanted them to have that experience. And so as we integrated this software, we were hovering around a $25,000 profit sharing check on a book of business that should have been producing a lot more. And I love that income too, as an agency owner, that that's non-risk bearing revenue. That That's one of those rising tide lifts all boats kind of money, you know? And so we wanted to have that and capitalize on it. Not that that was the whole focus, but it's a fantastic byproduct for agency owners. And that check the next year after we plugged in our uh, software, our, our loss ratio went from like 54 to nine. And so our check went from 25 to 150 and it never wow. went below 150 again, you know? And so as an agency owner, is that significant? That was just one carrier, by the way. Yeah, that's significant. This is significant things. That shouldn't be the only driving factor, but it should be a factor. I mean, ultimately, we're not doing this for free. And the more non-risk-bearing revenue revenue you can introduce to your agencies, the more you can do for your agency. You know, maybe you need an upgrade carpet. Maybe you need more software. Maybe you need more computers. Maybe you need more people. Maybe That's I need an R8. Way. I mean, I might need an Audi R8, man. You know what yeah, saying? there's an easy way to do this, and there's a hard way to do this. We're just trying to make it easier. And, and the last thing I'll say is you're right. This is not an adversarial relationship. These, these attorneys want the injured employees to think it is. But these are partners, you know, they're letting us rep their brands. We're letting them rep us. I mean, there's a lot of things we're all working together, hopefully, to get a very successful partnership with every carrier that you're doing business with. All we're really doing, I mean, I hate to, uh, uh, I hate to kind of throw a blanket on our own, you know, hoopla here, but we're just connecting the dots. <laughs> I mean, these dots exist whether we like it or not. Typically, they're just completely unconnected and they're going to stay that way. For the first time, we're just connecting them and making it very easy for people to do this. You know, everybody's going to play their role anyway. You're probably just playing it poorly, if we're being honest. You're probably playing it subpar right now. But Jess, we we're selling insurance, man. We sell the insurance <laughs> and then we leave. Then we just go That's sell right. more and sell more. And that's the biggest problem, man. We're not risk advisors. We're not consulting with people. We're not making their businesses better. We're simply selling policies and moving on to the next one, period. End of story. You know what I call right. that? I call that the five-stepped uh, escalator. That's where all producers that, that, and by the way, that's almost, that's probably the major majority of all producers, right? That's how they do. They think, well, I'll just outrun this tail with sales. And what they're really doing is sitting there on a five stair escalator and they're never getting to the top because this, the steps just coming back and rotating because they're losing yeah. that, that five year turnover time is what they typically have. 
Agreed, man. Well, listen, tell them where they can find you. We're going to wrap it up. Zendries.com. Let's do it. Everybody visit Zendries.com. If there's any interest at all, let's just take a look at what your interest level is. Yeah, let's you don't have see to quit. You don't you. have to get married. Yeah, that's right. You can play a little just the tip, it. just a little bit, see how it feels. I'll date. I'll date. I don't know about the tip, but I might hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> We lost Kyle. <laughs> oh man, we're we're back to where we started, Jess. Before David <laughs> right. even got the title on. of this episode is just the tip, just in case anybody no, wondered. No. <laughs> the cherry on top. I think we should go cherry on top. There you go. Oh man, awesome. Well, listen, Jess, I appreciate you carving an hour out of your day, hour plus. Always yeah, great talking with mine. you, man. I wish you nothing but the best. And in all seriousness, we need to hook up and get this thing going in, in FRP okay. sooner than later because I'm all about taking crap off my desk in 2022, and mm-hmm. you could be a huge help to me for sure. Yeah. It's a sustainable Everybody, Zendries, Z-E-N-J-U-R-I-E-S.com. Reach out to my man, Jess Dantis, and he will hook you up later. You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level, check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website, killingcommercial.com.